everyone. Welcome to Stephen Runs Vegan, my podcast. I'm Stephen, I'm your host, and I do run vegan from time to time. Well, I'm permanently vegan, but I'm partly running at the moment. Thank you for joining me, though, first and foremost. Let me get that out of the way. Really appreciate you taking the time to tune into my little podcast. Started as a lockdown project, and it's still going. I'm uh, I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm proud. I'm really enjoying the productivity and I'm enjoying the, the weekly output and the fact that I'm forcing myself to put one out weekly is really giving me some motivation to do so. And it's, yeah, it's been going well. It's interesting experience. It's a learning experience, that's for sure. So I do appreciate there is someone on the other end listening. Much love to you. I started it during the uh, main lockdown, you know, March, April, May time in 2020, but the Netherlands has just been put into what they call gedeeltelijke lockdown, which is partial lockdown or semi-lockdown. So the numbers here are skyrocketing again. There's a second wave hitting and they haven't completely shut the country down the way they did back in April. But they have certainly, um, they're making mask wearing mandatory. Bars and cafes are closed, except for delivery, takeaway. Um, lots of little changes like that. So it's, they're encouraging people to work from home and it's getting back to the lockdown again in some way, shape or form. And hopefully it's enough to get the numbers down. They said they're going to check it every two weeks. And if the numbers don't change in the next two weeks or if they continue to worsen, then they will have to initiate some stronger lockdown. So nobody wants that to happen. I want, I'm trying to do my bit. I went out for a nice walk in town today. Luckily, the weather is good for an autumn-October day. It's not warm, but it's sunny and fresh, and it's nice to be outside. I went to a couple of my favorite uh, locations in the city. Bailima is one of my favorite cafes, and I always like to go there once in a while. And I went there. I got some vegan pancakes to take away for lunch, which were so good. I forget the exact flavors, but there were... They were like buckwheat pancake with maple syrup and they had apple and pomegranate seeds and some sort of jam on top of them. Um, it was all very autumnal, very seasonal, which is one of the reasons I love Bailima. They do some great vegan options and it's all a regularly changing menu based on the seasons, based on what's fresh and available. So that was lovely. And of course, I went to Alcha, which is my favorite brewery here in the town. And they have a beer shop, a uh, bottle kind of a takeaway shop in the center of town. Really nice people. The, the actual guy who runs the whole brewery, the one who started it all years ago, was there doing some building work today. They're adding some new things into the shop and he was physically like sawing pieces of wood and doing the measuring and everything. So it's cool to see a place, cool to support a place where the, the CEO or whatever his name might be, the founder, is the one in the store like doing some woodwork to build a new thing. That's uh, I like what that represents. So yeah, I had my pancakes for lunch. It was delicious. Had a cup of tea with it. Herfst Storm, Autumn Storm by Pickwick. One of my favourite flavours. One of my favourite things about this time of year here in the Netherlands. The tea is delicious. I had two cups of that and I've been preparing for this podcast. So today I wanted to talk to you not just about the partial lockdown in the Netherlands, but I wanted to talk about the Prague Marathon that I ran in 2018. And in fact, spoiler alert, it was a PR or a PB, you might say. I grew up saying PB, which is personal best. In America, they say PR, personal record, PR, whatever, or is the Irish way of pronouncing it. But I've listened to so many podcasts and seen so many running vlogs and videos coming out of America that I'm just saying PR myself these days. For anyone who doesn't know, it was my fastest ever marathon. So I was delighted with that. It was unexpected, but I'll tell you all about that today. 
I did look up my Strava record for this day. So I, I tracked the whole run on Strava and it showed me the pace I ran and the, the, you know, the course I took through the city, which was cool to remember. But it also showed me something that surprised me, that it was the highest elevation of any marathon I've done, the highest elevation gain. It's only about 500 metres, so it's nothing drastic compared to a trail race. But for a city marathon, Dublin, I always remember being very hilly. Dublin is up and down a lot, but Dublin was only 200 and something metres. And for some reason, Strava was telling me that Prague was 500 metres. So, yeah, I'm even more of a pleasant surprise that I PR'd on such a hilly course. I don't remember it being so hilly, but there it was. So how did this all come about? Prague Marathon, why am I talking about it now? I'm not really sure, it's just something that came to mind during the week. It was a flashback I had and I thought, oh yeah, that's a story I can tell. So gather around, make yourself comfortable, make yourself a cup of tea, coffee, pour your favourite beverage, sit back, relax, or if you're out walking, if you're on your run, well, settle in. Story time with Stephen. So Dad and I had been running marathons already for several years now. We were we started in 2016, 2015. And it was becoming a, a ritual, becoming a regular thing we enjoyed, especially traveling for marathons. We our first one was in Cologne. We had run in we had run a half marathon in Budapest. Dad had been to Amsterdam, so it was becoming a nice ritual, a marathon race a race weekend. Prague was a city both of us had been to and loved, and and more importantly, the Prague Marathon was happening in early May, so it was sort of a spring, early summer marathon, which most of the marathons, most of the big city ones, and certainly the ones we had run, are all in the autumn. They're all October races, which is logical because then it gives you the whole summer to train. Ideally, or typically you train in warmer weather in the summer and it gets a bit cooler by October, which means you're a bit fitter. So there's logic there and it's just it's a beautiful time to run a race to be outdoors in October. But then the problem is you train all through the summer, or in my case, I trained all through the summer, six months maybe of pretty good dedication and then the race, the race is run. You do hopefully you have a good race. Everything feels great, and then you take a break for a few days because you're sore. You want to rest after the marathon. Problem is that few days break can turn into a week, and then you haven't run for two weeks, and then suddenly you can really fall off the wagon. And I had done that both winters after my first marathons that I ran in October. So we were looking for a spring one to as an excuse to train through the winter, basically, to keep up our fitness, to get ourselves out there on the colder, darker days to make sure we still trained. Seemed to work. That January, Dad, my, both my parents had just become vegan and they were fully embracing the plant-based, no-meat-athlete lifestyle. Dad had heard all about how I run on a vegan diet and he'd picked up tips and read all the books and watched documentaries and he was fully on board, which was great. And I was also doing really well at the time. I was eating great, I had trained well, and I was probably in the best shape of my life. I was feeling really fit and healthy. So that was cool. And so we arrived in Prague. On our first day, we arrived the, the night before, so we didn't really do anything that night. Our first morning, I remember telling Dad about my favourite vegan place in the city, which was amazing. The first time I visited, I, I went there twice and I really loved it. But it was on the other side of the city to where we were staying, so it would have been a bit of a slog, like take a metro and a tram, something like that. And I didn't think my dad would want to, but oh, thankfully he did. And I'm I'm really glad. It was just as good as I remembered. I had scrambled egg for breakfast, dad had an omelette, all vegan. And yeah, it was just really good, really friendly place, great, hearty, wholesome food. And yeah, I'm happy we went. 
So that day, the the danger when you're visiting a new city or, you know, visiting a foreign city for a marathon is to just make sure you don't spend too much time on your feet. We walked around a beautiful old city. Prague is just gorgeous. So we walked around for a while taking in the sights. It was a really nice sunny day. We got some fresh fruit from a market and we just sat in the sun snacking on that. We'd also had a look at a, a few of Prague's most famous beer locations, the famous bars in the city. See... Basically to see where we could go to enjoy a post-marathon celebration the next day, which is another critical part of our race event weekend. We did all this before heading out to the Expo Centre where they have the race expo and you pick up your race packet there. I always like them. They're really full and busy, but there's a great buzz. Everybody's excited to run. You can get free stuff and yeah, it's a nice, nice vibe in those places. On the way back from the Expo, we had our big pre-race meal with the famous carb-loading meal in Loving Hut, a vegan buffet restaurant. We loaded up our plates and had a huge meal, but it was mostly raw. It was a mostly raw salad-based plate, and oh, we stuffed our faces. Plant-powered goodness. So this reminds me of when my dad ran the Amsterdam Marathon with me the previous year in 2017. He had arrived in Harlem to stay with me and my ex at the time, and he was feeling really sick. The weather wasn't great. He had a cold. He was coughing and, you know, sinus was blocked and just not in great shape. And I thought, oh, I don't know about this. But we went to Bailima, the place I mentioned earlier, which I just had the pancakes from, actually. We went there for lunch that day to, for a similar carb loading thing. And we had plant bowls. I forget what they were exactly called, but just these half-cooked, half-raw Big bowl of goodness, big bowl of fresh fruit, uh, vegetables and potatoes and all sorts. And we had soup. This was before dad was vegan, but it was probably a big, one of the big landmarks in why he chose to go vegan. Because we ate a good hearty lunch that day, went out for a walk that evening. And the next morning he felt great. He woke up, he wasn't sick anymore. He was fresh, he was feeling strong, he was ready to run. And he really contributes a lot of that um, a lot of credit for that recovery to the fact that he had a good plant-based day, a good hearty feed of vegan food. So yeah, we did that again. We went to Loving Hut in Prague and had a good plant-based lunch. And don't be, if anybody thinks for a second you can't get full eating salad or eating vegan food, trust me, we we were full. We ate loads. So we'd done enough exploring through the city. The Airbnb we were staying in was in this cool neighborhood Pretty much on the edge of the city. I don't remember the name. I think it was to the north, but it was out out of the center. So we spent some time there later in the day. There was this really cool outdoor bar terrace nearby where we were staying. And we had a beer there and we just sat in the afternoon sun, catching up and just chatting. That evening, another standard pre-race ritual by this point, we had... Checked out the Marathon Race Packet magazine, analyzing the route, reading up on what to expect... Just getting excited, you know, the, it was getting real. Cooked a nice, simple dinner. And I say simple because that's the key. So we had a lovely big feed and we just, this was a few hours later, we wanted something, a hot meal just to, you know, top up the tank. But the key is you don't want to make it anything exciting. It's not If you have something spicy or if you try something new and suddenly your body just reacts badly, your stomach rejects it, you don't want anything that's going to give you issues at all later with digestion with anything like that so you just have something nice and boring i think we had wraps rice and bean wraps just keep it simple just fill your tummy and you'll be good 
We also shared a bottle of wine that evening, two two glasses each or so, chatting about what we needed, just getting our hopes up, getting excited for the day and calming our nerves as much as anything. It just helps put you in a nice relaxed state of mind. And we packed our bags, we uh, pinned the race number to the start of the shirts. That's that's always fun when that's when you know it's real. You lay out your full outfit for the night, the night before. But the shoes, socks, underwear, shorts, you set up everything so that when you wake up in the morning, it's all ready to go. You jump in the shower, you get dressed, and you head out. Anything you can do to make race morning smoother is well worth it. It pays off without a doubt. And then you just have to hope you have a good night's sleep. We woke up the next morning and a bit of breakfast, maybe some fruit, I don't even remember, something small. And I got the metro into the city centre trying to find where the race started. We were navigating those inner city, old town streets and we bumped into this Scottish fella, gentleman named Kevin, who walked with us for a bit. He was also looking for the same, the starting area. None of us really knew where we were going. So we wandered through the city trying to find where we needed to be and was we got to know this, this guy, Kevin. He'd just gotten into marathon running. He was about middle age, probably about my dad's age. And he just started getting into marathon running, which was cool, but he was also going to start ultra running so this Prague marathon for him was going to be a training race for an ultra he was going to do later which was mad to me at the time that a marathon would be a training race for anything else but by this time I had already started looking into the world of ultras myself I hadn't run anything at that point but certainly wanted to and he was so enthusiastic and I got it I I could understand his bug and his uh, fervor for running further and yeah that excited me so he was a cool guy we had a bit of a laugh, we got to know each other, but then he found his starting area, it was different to ours, we lost each other, but hey, it was nice. Did manage to find Kevin on Facebook, and we fo- followed his journey, he would share his ultra running updates, which were great. Sadly, a few months ago, we did get an update on his Facebook page that Kevin had indeed passed away, which was shocking. And He was just such a wonderful guy, I didn't know, He turns out he had quite a severe illness in recent times. And it it took him uh, much too soon, unfortunately. But I'm so glad we got to meet him. He was so full of joy and kindness and laughter. It was it was nice to be able to say we knew him, however briefly. So it was a beautiful sunny day in a gorgeous old city. But with the sunshine, it was May, but it was a very hot morning. It was getting very warm. Dad and I set off, and for the first few kilometers, we weaved through the old cobblestone streets of the old town. Which was nice, a bit tricky to run on. You had to really watch your step, especially when we crossed tram lines. But there was one stage where we got to glimpse the leading pack. We were going out one street, they were coming down the next one, so you could see them flying by. This was early in the race, of course. And it was really cool to see them. The pace they were at, they disappeared. They were flying. And the grace, the movement, the ease in their body, they moved like so efficiently and so smoothly and at such pace it was just remarkable to see everybody cheered them on as they went by as the miles went on it became very clear that dad was just having a great race he was setting the pace he was pushing the tempo always one or two steps ahead of me i was feeling good too and i could keep up but he just kept pushing every time i kept up with him he would increase his pace and he was just having a great day it can happen it does happen to all of us in one way or another and for him, it all fell together here in Prague on this day. Eventually, I just let him go. I told him to go ahead of me because it just became clear he was flying. I was slowing him down. 
eventually, after a bit of negotiation, he was willing to stay with me, but I just said, no, this, this guy's flying. I let him go. And he took off onto the horizon. I kept up a good pace myself, you know, I, I, I ran a good race, certainly, but the heat was kicking in, the body was complaining, it was the warmest race I'd ever run up to that point. And as I said, I was really feeling fit and healthy in preparation for this race, which was just as well, because I couldn't really simulate the heat, especially training in the Netherlands in the winter and the spring. You, nothing can train you for running in 26 degree, 28 degree weather, I think. But all you can do is be at your fittest and be at your best shape. And that's the best sort of preventative measure you can do. And thankfully, that I, I was feeling pretty good. So it was necessary. So normally, I'm a very social runner when it comes to marathons, half marathons, big city races. I love to chat with the other runners. And I did it a bit. But in this one, I mostly kept to myself just to preserve energy, I think. I did enjoy some of the classic highlights of a big city marathon. You know, the funny signs that people hold up. Some of the supporters are just crazy in the best way. The, the volunteers were great, really friendly. And I do remember this race had music all the way along and good music. There were live bands, there were drumming acts, DJs. There was always a good energy and very positive vibes. And believe me, when it gets to mile 18, mile 19, when it gets to near, near the end of a marathon... I might not be able to show it because I'm so focused and so tired and so tunnel vision, but having people cheering you on, having people outside their houses clapping you, marching bands performing, anything like that is just so essential and so good to give you the boost you need just to keep going. Eventually, I struggled across to the end line in Wenceslas, I think that's how you say it, Wenceslas Square, the famous old town square of Prague, the center of the main square. I don't remember much of the details of the race itself. It was just a bit of a blur. I think partly we were focused on running faster. When I, Especially when I was with Dad, we had more speed than, than I was used to. The heat distracted me. But And I think towards the end, just the, like I said, the tunnel vision, you don't notice what's going on around you. you just, you're desperate to cross the finish line. So I don't remember the, the ins and outs of the race, but aside from the heat and just the fact that we were running really well. But I crossed the line and dad was waiting for me in the square. He found me there somewhere amongst all the masses. We got a, took a nice, happy, sweaty selfie together at the finish line with our medals. And yeah, it was just a great race. The organization was really good. The The, the gear they got gave you, the medal looked really nice. There were no issues with crowding or much of that at all. So I could hardly recommend when, when marathons start happening again. It's hard to imagine how you can get... In this case, I don't know, 20,000 people altogether in in close confines again. In close confines again, but when it happened, it was one of the most magical things. Gigs and big city marathon races, I missed them both. But I was curious to know what time we had actually finished on. You can see the race clock at the finish line, but that's never really a good time for you because that race clock starts when the gun goes off at the beginning of the race for the, the, the elites, when the first gunshot starts and the race begins that's all good and well but there are thousands of people that set off before I do so I only crossed the start line about 10 minutes after the clock had started you never really know based on that but they we knew they would send our, send us a text with our own personal finish time and I was excited like I said I was feeling fit leading up to the race and we had pushed it hard I felt like I was gonna do well I was on for a good time but in the meantime, we began that slow march, that limp back to our accommodation down Metro stairs. You can see all the, the runners slowly gripping the handrails and wandering like zombies around the city. 
Well, we got back to the apartment, had a shower, had some lunch to refuel and, you know, try to recover. We had leftovers from the night before and, oh man, they, it, it never tasted so good. That post-race appetite is is strong. So my text about my finishing time did come in and I was delighted. I had a PR. I'd, I ran the 2018 Prague Marathon in 3 hours, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. So that's 20 seconds under 4 hours. And yeah, new marathon PR. I remember being so relieved at myself. If I had just stopped for another toilet break or talked to somebody for a bit longer or took another drink at an aid station, that 20 seconds would have been gone. Would have still been a PR, but just to get right under four hours felt so good. My previous best time was 4.06.08 in Dublin. So I would have beaten that regardless, but it felt great to get under the four hour mark. Quite recently, I remember I was talking to some guy who knew, who was also a runner and he knew I was. And I, I, I told him what my marathon PR was, was, 3 hours, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. And he said something like, oh, I thought you were fast. As in, like, that's quite a slow thing for, you know, you're a young, fit, somewhat experienced runner. I, he expected me to be running much quicker than that. And that's what I tell people. So a lot of people don't want to, friends of mine who are not runners, they don't want to run with me because they think, oh, Stephen, he's, so, he's going to be fast and I'm so slow and unfit. And no, truth be told, 99% of the time, I run really casual, really slow. And that's intentional. That's what I enjoy. That's even on race day. Now, granted, Dad had pushed me a bit today, but he pushed me by our standards, which are not elite. I could dedicate six months to, like, hardcore training and speed workouts and core and strength buildup and all this technical stuff, and I could probably be much faster than I currently am. But I wouldn't enjoy it. That's not what I... That's not why I run at home on the weekends around my area or it's not why I run races I run for it to have a good time escapism travel meeting new people the community of it the the mental health benefits the active meditation not because I want to break records or run as fast as humanly possible so yeah the guy who was talking to me I am fast by my standards but no all things considered that's not in the top half of marathon finishes. Well, maybe it is, but it's not... How could I say it? I'm not, I'm firmly mid-pack. That's what you'd say. So, like, 10,000 people run a marathon. I might be number 4,012, you know, of all the runners. And that's fine by me. But hey, I ran a PR. I ran... I had a new... I set a new record for myself. So, I, I was delighted. That evening, we dressed up. We put on our medals proudly. It's, it's the one time you're really allowed to wear your medal when it's not on the race area. That evening, you see the city wherever you're in and there'll be so many medals or hats or shirts, memorabilia from the race. And I I always feel proud of myself. Like, yeah, I'm displaying my marathon medal that evening because I ran a marathon. I did a really hard thing and you're going to all, you're all going to know about it. The day before, we'd spotted a nice bar that we were going to hit. Um, We were walking down this street and we saw this really nice beer place and we thought, oh, yes. That's the first stop the next day after our marathon. That's where we're going. And we did. Took seats out front. They had this like front terrace thing overlooking one of the old town streets. So it was nice to watch the world go by as we sipped our beers. We got we each got a flight of beers, which is that sample plank thing. You know, you see in some bars where they have six small glasses of different beers and you get to taste them all. It's called a flight. So we each got one of them. And it was lovely. Um, we, we got a lot of onlookers noticing us as we passed by. Now, that's that could either be jealously looking at the beers or the the medals. We we 
took photos. We did everything. We draped draped our medals around the beer glasses. It was nice. Across Sitting across from us at this bar was a Dutch couple, of course, because since I learned Dutch, I realized that geez, these people are everywhere. Every Any city I go to, I will encounter Dutch people. I can see them just to look at, or they have a certain type of clothing. They all have the Dupper water bottle. My Dutch friends will know what the Dupper is. Do you see that anywhere? That's a, a clear sign that there is Dutch tourists. I had a chat with them. Uh, we, we we did. Told them how I'm, yes, we're Irish, but I live in the Netherlands and we, we cut up and it was nice. It worked out well too because the lady in the couple liked, really liked the cherry beers that these guys were serving and dad and I didn't. So we both had a cherry beer on our flight and we gave them to her and she we swapped them. She gave us some regular beers and we gave her the cherry ones and everybody won. And again, another COVID thing. It's strange to think about that even being possible these days. But it, it, at the time, it was fine. So Dad and I are both vegan. We both love to run and we love our craft beers. We love a good drink as well. And that that evening, we had agreed to do a pub crawl that night just to have fun, to enjoy the city. It was just two two of us out together. I certainly love and admire both my parents, but I've really gotten to know my dad as a dude now as a man like we are we're just really good friends as well as father and son so it's always fun to hang out with him and we plan on doing that especially on a nice warm summer evening in Prague in comparison to the the hordes of tourists that usually do the pub crawls in Prague like the young English Dutch German whatever the young men mostly that go to take over Prague and go drinking and just cause chaos we were a little more subdued and also we'd just run a marathon. But the funny thing was, we only hit three bars by the time we were in the third one. Certainly I was yawning and tired. I think Dad might have been too, but we were already getting drunk and just getting the sleepy kind of drunk, you know, that way when you're just yawning and tired and cozy. We just run a marathon on such a hot day. So, of course, our bodies are drained. And yeah, it was really fun, but we were we were home by midnight. The next morning we went back to Moment Cafe. That Did I even mention the name of it earlier? I'm not sure, but the vegan cafe that I talked about was called Moment. And I didn't think we'd go once because it was on the other side of the city, let alone twice. And oh, honestly, it's just so good. I'm really glad we got back. I devoured this smoked tofu wrap. It was delicious. There's nothing like that post-marathon appetite, as I said. Dad did have a bit of an earlier flight than me, so sadly our last moment together in Prague for now were enjoyed in a beer garden. It's no surprise to anybody, but there's this really stunning, beautiful beer garden. It's in this city park, which is on the other side of the river, kind of on a hill. And so this beer garden is set up right on the edge of the hill where you're basically sitting there. You're outdoors, surrounded by green fields and trees, and it's beautiful. You're sipping on a beer and overlooking the entire city. You overlook the river bend and you're looking into the old town of Prague. It's gorgeous. So we sat there, sipped our beer, savoured the last memories of, savoured the last moments of our trip before we departed. I had a few hours left. One of the main things I did, one of the things I remember doing is finding kofola. That was another important one for me. Kofola is this drink, this soda, this mineral um yeah, it looks like Coke, you know, in a bottle. It's it's served in a fridge beside Coke and Sprite and everything else. It's a brown liquid, so I thought, oh, it's going to be some sort of cola. But it's not really. I, any Czech, uh, Slovakian, Slavic listeners will know Kofola. I don't know what the flavor is, but I, I did a training course for a job years ago in Bratislava where I spent six weeks in Bratislava. And at the time, I didn't drink alcohol. 
but it was so cheap to eat and drink out in Bratislava. So me and my new friends from the course would go out to restaurants and bars, but I didn't drink, so I would just order Kofola, and I really fell in love with that drink. So when I was back in Prague, back in the area where this was sold, I was happy to savor that taste once more. And yes, there is the story of my PR, my personal record, my personal best, the Prague Marathon 2018 with my dad. I like these marathon recap things. I try to break it down. I want people to know that how it is, the reality behind a marathon. You might see me wearing a medal in a photo on Instagram. You might see a marathon in a city and it's just thousands of people running and it's so disconnected. But this is me talking to you about the ins and outs of what it's like to run one of these races. If you have any questions, if there's something you'd like to know, if you have any race experience you'd like to share, do get in touch with me. You can email me at stevenrunsvegan at gmail.com. I'm also stevenrunsvegan on Instagram. That's Stephen with a PH, but yeah, you've seen the title of the podcast. I'll leave all the links below. Feel free to get in touch with me. It's lovely that you're listening in any form. I really do appreciate that. If you want to share it with friends, if you can like or subscribe to the podcasts through Spotify, Google Podcasts, however you're listening, if you can review it in some way, subscribe, share it on your social media, send it to people you might think will be interested, I'd be forever grateful. That would be really cool. But for this week, I'll leave it there. That's it. Thank you very much for listening. I really do appreciate it, and I hope you get something out of it, because I certainly enjoy making them. So guys, thank you very much. Take care of yourselves and each other. Have a great day. Bye-bye.